3: How many languages do you
4: have in last? Uh, not many because I, I have the Scandinavian ones like Swedish, Norwegian, Danish is basically the same. Yeah. And uh, well, obviously English and a bit of French. It's like Roy Hodgson who claims to speak all the Scandinavian languages whereas what he does is speak one that's like a mashup of all three with a bit of English thrown in. Like really? Hod- Hodgson speaking Scandish is amazing. Uh, uh, it's not,
3: uh, is, it, is, it, is it not as, as well-respected as people assume? He is
4: well-respected but what I've said like before is that he was almost like a sort of almost like a comedy character because he was really funny and he was a little bit sort of outlandish and like he would do weird things like once after a game he was a bit cross and in the interview zone he grabbed, he got across with a reporter, he grabbed his textbook and just wrote Roy Hodgson has no comment for you and Roy gave it back to him. <laughs> like he did sort of uh, sort of stuff that you would think is more Mourinho-esque, you know? Not the sort of avuncular, boring... Safe uh, apparently we're,
3: we're in a brave new Mourinho era. And yeah, you know. um, one of the big stories that's come out of this international break is Gareth Bale and Real Madrid. Um, now, the timing of it is probably the most... Egregious thing from Real Madrid's point of view, I mean he's been out of the out of the team for for a long while through injury. I think he hasn't played since the start of October. Congratulations on being the only person in Britain to bring that up. <laughs> right? Am I, is that sarcasm or no? No, no okay. I'm, I'm not actually. Well, I'll give you my terrible take, and then you can follow up on it and tidy right, it up. Okay. So he hasn't played since the start of October. From their point of view, regardless of. I mean, regardless of how shabbily he feels he's been treated and Real Madrid would probably disagree with that anyway. It doesn't look great from a timing point of view for him to unfail that that flag, um, having managed to make it back for two key Wales games, play well in both. And people in Madrid probably think of him playing well for Real Madrid as a somewhat distant memory. So why don't you give us the 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 Madrid take on it. That's kind of my take. Why don't you give them? Yeah,
1: I, I think that's important um, to to make that difference because, uh, as I was saying, I think the feeling in the UK certainly is he can do what he wants because he's not been treated well at, at Real Madrid, and you know they've they've tried pretty much everything to to get rid of him. Certainly up till the closure of the the, the transfer window and. You know, he has been brought back into the team and he was never totally cut off from the team. We have to say that as well. The fact is, even when um, Zidane was open about trying to dump him, it's not like he made him go and train with the kids or anything like that. He was part of the first team squad. He played in pre-season and he's played when he's been fit in this La Liga and Champions League season as well. Um, but yeah, as you say, it is a it is a question of timing. I think there's there is something to be said and yeah, we are going to find some balance here on um, him just having a laugh. And there's no suggestion that he got the flag out, is is there? You know, someone else got the flag out. It's a good flag that has done the round. It's a great flag. On no one's today. questioning the no, flag. No. But, but
3: he's, the fact is he's played four games, I think, for Wales since he last played, played for Real Madrid on the 5th of October. I've just checked. And yeah, he's missed six, and yeah. now turned up big in two Wales games. And that would that flag would probably be something you would probably just about get away with if you were a first team regular for Real Madrid, and everything was going well, and it's mm. a bit of a joke, bit of a side eye thing, and you get back to Madrid afterwards and go, oh yeah, you know, sorry about that, just having a bit of a laugh, got a bit carried away, whatever. But the fact that his his position there is so tenuous. To me, Lars, I don't know about you, but it feels quite ill advised to say the least. Yeah, it's tremendously
4: ill advised. And I'm 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 rapidly getting to the point of having close to zero sympathy for Bale for his whole situation. Because it's worth bearing in mind. I mean he could have left the club this summer if he wanted to there are so many clubs where he could go and play football where he would be appreciated and valued and and, and which is what the club wanted him to do the, the main reason he hasn't gone anywhere is financial right because there's a scarcity of clubs who are prepared to meet his wages mm. and that is the massive stumbling block uh, but, but he doesn't uh, instead of going somewhere where he would be a big part of the team and who knows maybe a new set of physios to look at his body would stop him from getting hurt all the time as well. That, that's
1: yoga. Act, it's all that, about <coughs> yoga. <coughs> Brush Keen, Yo- on, Yo- Keen
4: yogi, there, so yeah, that's
1: that's that's the, that's the word. Yeah.
4: There's so many opportunities. Uh, I, I heard you referred to on Talksport as a bendy man because of it, which was a <laughs> wor- worrying <laughs> moment. Like that for, can mean uh, a, a horrendous was A very, very worrying moment for everyone yeah. concerned. Yeah. No, it, it, there was There's, such a, there's so many pl- places he could have gone, so many things he could have done, and the main reason he's stuck at a club where he's not wanted is financial, right? Because no one will match his salary, and he doesn't want to take away. And if you're going to do like a Winston Bogarde light... yeah. Don't expect people to have a huge amount of sympathy for you, right? When you when you also do this thing where I mean, maybe it was coincidence they didn't turn off, but, but yeah, it it, it isn't it's not a good look, and it's the whole sort of yeah, Wales, Gulf, Madrid. You know what? Which of those three entities are paying you over three hundred grand a week mm. to be their employee? And I say it's not the Gulf. Yeah. It certainly is not Wales either, right? Is it Real Madrid? And, and this, yeah, yeah it, you it's know Real what Madrid. it is? It yeah. is incredibly, and and this sort of stuff I think matters a little bit. I think they're they're right to be hacked off with them now, even if you do mean, even if, if you did mean it as a laugh, and uh, front page of front page of market, disrespectful, misguided, ungrateful, in that order, and, right? Uh, and yeah, you, know, you don't often look at anything Marco publishes and says fair enough, but you know I look at that and say fair enough.
1: And this is the say what you mean <laughs> moment, isn't it? Because they've they've thought that about him for a really long time, and mm. we're not we're not talking about months, we're talking about years. Mm. Um, the perception that he has cared more about Wales than he cares about Real Madrid, and you know he he actually said it, didn't he, last week in the build up to the games, and they're just coming out and saying, okay, well if that's how you really feel. This is how we really feel. And the optics here are massively important. And, you know, for the same reason that, you know, England fans, a lot of England fans thought John Terry, for example, was, you know, a better captain than Stephen Gerrard or a better candidacy for the captaincy than than Stephen Gerrard because, you know, he's a chess beater and a shouter on the pitch, where obviously Gerrard's a much better captain for England because he's more intelligent and uh, more articulate. leads by example all that that sort of stuff but in this situation um, no one's asking him to be a chess beater but look like you give a shit I think that's Mm. really really
3: important but but, but to casual watchers of Real Madrid and Spanish football and and indeed the Champions League we can have all this chat about what Marker think about him and what the hierarchy at the club think about him and of course that is important to an extent but casual watchers will say Look at the amount of games he's played. Look at the things he's won. He has undoubtedly made a contribution to this team. No one's saying he hasn't, and he's been um, well rewarded. So what that. do they? So what do they want? <coughs> well, not uh, not in ter- not in, not in terms of to sell him. Yeah, fine. But to me, to me, this flag thing feels like a a symptom rather than a cause. You yeah, can't. Absolutely. the symptom doesn't come after the cause. It comes as a, as a, as a, as a culmination of all these things. So if he's now doing this, which I think I would criticise him for, as I said, it's ill advised. It has to be seen in the context of a number of years of what he would see as disrespect on his point of view because he has contributed in big big games on big occasions and, and delivered trophies or played his part in delivering trophies for the biggest club in the world. So I, I do have an element of sympathy with Gareth Bale or indeed any player who wants to say, well, do you know what? I don't actually want to be the person you demand me to be. What I will do is play football for you and that's
1: it. All I, all I would say, if you're looking at it from a Madrid perspective... Um, since, as you would say, Luke, um, you had El Bolígrafo sobre la mesa. Yeah. What, what is what has he won since then? I, th- I think what has he been a huge part of since then. Since he got that contract extension, they feel that they've had very little bang for their buck, and I, I guess Fair. you could say, um, well, no one made them made the uh, made them give him the contract, but. I think they've been feeling that they've been getting a decreasing amount since that contract has been signed. And that's why it's such an enormous millstone. That's why they're they're struggling to shift him.
4: Yeah, I do think you're right. Perhaps it is unreasonable to demand that he should be sort of culturally integrated with the whole Madrileño cause. But he could make more of an effort, I think, and the fact that he seems to be like making less and less of an effort mm. is, I think, is understandable that that's, that that's grating. And again, the sort of it's also very ill-advised to, to, when this is the context, when this is the backdrop, to go away in international duty and say, yeah, I like it much better here, yeah, it's so, so much more fun to play for Wales. That's probably not what he meant. Like He meant that he can relax more, he, he pointed out the thing about the language, and that it's, he's playing with players he's known for a long time, all this sort of stuff. But mm. it's just, he has to understand how that looks, how that'll be received he, he comes across as a guy who doesn't want to be there yeah and,
1: and, and I do wonder if this has changed anything though really I mean regardless of whether he played the last six games for Real Madrid and was good or sat there being injured and then sprang into action for Wales if they can and it's very difficult to do a transfer of this sort of magnitude in January they will want to send him in January mm. and if it's possible he would want to go in January as mm. well. So, so has it really changed you, that but, but much? But it comes
4: back to. But this is mm. the thing that grates me. I'm sorry to go on about it. But you know what? If he wants to leave, he is free to leave. The only thing that is stopping him from leaving Real Madrid is the fact that he doesn't want to give up the money he's, he's owed. And he's completely mm. entitled, like you say, no one forced him to give him that contract. Mm. He's at a stage of his career where it's completely understandable that he's thinking with his wallet, uh, given that he's, he's past 30 and he has an injury record and you don't know how long he's going to mm. go on for. But I don't, that's why I don't have any sympathy with it. Like, if you want to leave, just leave. Do you think he was injured for all those games? I've, I've got. I mean, I think accusing people of, of not being injured when they say they injured is is like the dodgy ground to be on. Like, I've not got any reason to.
1: But are you saying essentially take a Tottenham appropriate pay cut? <laughs> well, you <laughs> have to you, do you're allowed to say no, that. Hang on a minute. It's a brave no, new era at Spurs no, now. No, no, if you can no, pay the
3: manager 15 no, million a year, you can pay no, Bale 12 no, million a year. Oh god, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Another big story in Spain is the fact that Luis Enrique has returned as manager of the Spanish national side, replacing Robert Moreno, who um, I think probably did a, a, I mean, hopefully I'm not being unfair to Robert when I say this, a glorified caretaker position after Luis Enrique stepped down in Mm. obviously very tragic circumstances. and, And,. we wish him all the best and we welcome him back into the top level of football because he's an exciting coach and and because he's been through an awful lot. I don't know if Moreno will fit into this, to the to the to the setup under Enrique, perhaps you guys can tell me this. But um it's great to see him back, isn't it? It is great to see him back and it should be a cause for
1: celebration. Unfortunately, the RFAF have made as Lars and I were talking about it off off mic and Lars was saying how is it that they've basically turned a situation where it should be the best for everyone into a, a very very difficult one right yeah, and, because, and and that's what that's what they've done
4: because yeah, Moreno for those who aren't aware is is Enrique's long time assistant right so that's working right. under him is, he's been working on him for something like nine years in, in three different clubs if I'm not mistaken so and, and everyone were very upfront about when Enrique had to step away that when he felt ready to come back the job would be there for him Moreno himself has been entirely clear that that's not a problem for him. So it would seem to be a situation... I mean, there's enough difficult situations in football where clashes of egos and people's agendas don't align and whatever, that people fall out and you say, all right, fair enough. But this is a situation when everyone's interests
3: are aligned perfectly. But, no, but...
1: But... But it's, it's the way that FA have dealt with it.
4: Exactly,
3: which and is remarkable. You shouldn't well, be give able us a, to- Give us a quick price of how the events have transpired well, then.
1: Basically, they... It it looked like Luis Enrique wouldn't come back and they sort of permanently given him the job. And then they. He finds out that Enrique's coming back without them having told him. Right.
3: Basically. I mean, that is is almost an English FA style mess up. He got got pretty
1: upset uh, to the extent that when they beat Romania 5 0 in the last qualification game, he didn't go and give the press conference afterwards. Hmm. Um, Now he's. Smoothed it over to an extent. He's uh, given a statement himself, saying uh, it's, it's been a terrific moment for him, uh, looking after the the, the the Spain team, and he wishes everyone all the best. And he's looking forward to his next project. And hopefully, from his perspective, that's going to give him a bit of a bit of renown when he goes out and looks for something else. He's not staying. That's the important thing to underline. He's mm. not going back to, to 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 what he was and. You know, I think it's always a bit awkward when you look at previous actions and then revise your opinion on them given what's happening now. But I think we kind of have to do that with Luis Rubiales, um, the, the head of the RFAF, because if you go back to the whole Lopetegui thing... Are you and, saying
3: that they've had a bad year?
1: <laughs> and a half, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Because... You know he got the benefit of the doubt because over the over sacking, um, Lopetegui, which the players never wanted him to do, which pretty much torpedoed Spain's World Cup because people thought, okay, it's on Lopetegui, it's on Real Madrid, and I think it's very notable that at the time, all the Madrid papers, who are normally El Real's lap dogs, were like, well, this is completely out of order. There was only one newspaper that really stuck with Real Madrid over that. You can guess who it is. Fox News? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think you have to go back (laughs) and re-examine that and think, actually, has Rubiales ever been on top of situations because I mean for something like that to happen a couple of weeks <laughs> in his whole life
4: it's like get get the coffees in it's like oh no <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but for something like that get the coffees. <laughs> oh I've accidentally given an extension to Jose Mourinho yeah. but, 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 but
1: <laughs> for something like that to happen like after you've been in the job a couple of months
3: is he yeah. like a Mr. Bean type it's character or more of a Basil Fawlty type character? Um, perhaps
1: an amalgam of it. <laughs> okay. We're still finding out. Okay, right. Uh, as, as with great is, footballers, is there any
3: talk of him I perhaps um, being relieved of his duties? Is there a mechanism for that to happen? Well, people are pissed off with him. There's, to use a Daniel Levy phrase, there's no doubt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no doubt about that. Okay, um, but as Lars said, it, it should have been incredibly straightforward, and it's it's, it's not, not been. It's not been though. Whether this makes Spain amongst, amongst one of the favourites for Euro 2020, I'm still not well, how, convinced. That, that's There's still my next a work question. in progress.
3: How is it going to, because we, we talked about this, the three of us did a radio show last week, and we, I asked you guys very pointedly whether you thought Spain were contenders for the Euros next season, serious contenders, and we didn't have them as a group, we didn't even have them in our top four, I don't think. No. So, but how does the reappointment of Luis Enrique Lars change that, if at all? It changes it a little bit, I think,
4: because, I mean, having watched them play against Norway and against Sweden under Moreno, it really just struck me. They drew both games, and it really just struck me that that was just proper sort of Spain when they're bad, like there was so much sideways passing to no great effect. Like I they mean, didn't they weren't incisive.
1: You are picking their two worst matches. I know,
4: you? I know, but, yeah. they're, but they're quite recent, and and for sure. and I saw them, and it, it did give me the sense that they have not, they've certainly not improved here. And having Enrique back,
3: for those who didn't see those two games last, would that be a, a kind of um, a mirroring of how they performed against Russia in the World Cup? Yeah, there's a
4: lot of similarities. Okay, it wasn't quite that, uh, and it, that's what Luis Enrique
3: of. is meant to be the antidote to. Yeah, yeah.
4: Enrique is a guy who who both. Uh, it knows the, uh, the the sort of ball possession style, but he's a guy who has a bit of an edge to him, right? Who can add a little bit of pragmatism to it. Hopefully, there's
1: the odd shortcut, isn't? Yeah.
4: There? The, the, yeah. the Roma fans had a slightly different experience when he was there. Of course, that was although, uh,
3: although they still love him.
4: Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't very good.
3: Anyway, so we'll see. We'll we'll see what transpires and how they change. I mean the, the, the thing is, I don't know if it's the same for Spain. But I know England don't have an awful lot of games between now and the Euros. I mean, I su- presumably, exactly. the, the club calendar is so stacked that it might not be much time for Luis Enrique um, to 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 do anything meaningful. But I mean, I guess everyone involved is hoping he just slots back in. Apart from poor old Robert, who who just wants to forget about the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he does. Turn up next, and if people do have that perception, as you do, that he was simply a, a glorified caretaker rather than someone who who did a job with Spain over the last couple.
3: Well, of I don't want to be unfair to him, but because the circumstances were, of course, severe and very tragic, and it's, yes. and it's it's easy for me to be blithe about it. Of course, it was a very difficult situation. I hope I wish him well. If he's been treated the way that you said he's been treated, and I didn't know that, and that's that's bad. And mm. I hope he gets um hope he gets a recompense for that in the form of another job. And um, before we move out of Spain. Um, the latest twist in the um, Diego Costa at Atletico Madrid for the second time saga appears to have been a literal twist to his cervical disc, um, which means he's going to be out probably for the rest of the season. It, can there really be any doubt at all now that the re-signing of Diego Costa has been anything less or anything more than a complete disaster?
4: Uh, no, there's not much doubt of that at all. And uh, Bearing in mind... They spent a lot of money bringing him back in, you know? And uh, Atleti are not a club who can spend uh, a lot of money casually. And there was so much... Well, not and, in January
1: anyway. So <laughs> much so
4: much energy went into it. And remember he had this whole thing that he was really overweight and he spent a lot of time in in Fernando Torres' boxing gym to get himself right and this sort of thing. And it's just, uh, it hasn't really worked out. Uh, two, two, two goals in his first half season back, <laughs> then two goals last season, then two goals this season. I mean for the money he's on, for the money they're paying him, having scored two goals more in La Liga than my dog is sort of not, <laughs> it's not what they were
3: hoping for. It's diminishing returns, and I think Indeed, it has been for some yeah. time. It's I, a brilliant can I just picture. ask,
1: how does it work out that Diego Costa goes to Fernando Torres's boxing gym rather than Fernando Torres goes to Diego
3: Costa's boxing, boxing gym? Yeah, it doesn't seem right, does it? There's a brilliant f- a picture in ASS, uh, I think today or yesterday, reporting this news, and it's, it's a picture of Diego... Um, next to two red flashing lights which of course are those those sensors they use to check to monitor their speed and their shuttle runs and stuff yeah. but because it's Diego Costa it simply looks like he's being arrested <laughs>
4: <laughs> can I just yes Andy but who do you think is better suited to train in a boxing gym and who do you think is better suited to owning one like getting the lease sorted and getting the equipment in <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I, I would trust Torres to sort of do that job more so. Than
3: yeah, co- <laughs> yeah, Diego Costa would end up punching the freeholder. I mean,
4: exactly. Yeah, Fernando Torres would probably at
3: least get someone to pay the bill. Exactly yeah. right. It, it's it, true.
1: it does leave them in a bit of a bind, doesn't it? Because in January, Enrico Cereto, the president, has said, well, we haven't really got any money to do anything without selling someone first. Now the first one, who who would be the first one you sell? Yeah. Diego Costa, yeah, yeah. who Diego Simeone a couple of months ago said, "No, no, we're not going to sell him to the Chinese Super League," which again looks a terrible decision in retrospect because they'd have so much more disposable cash. As Lars was saying, Atletico spent a lot of money in the last couple of years, mm. and that team is still a work in progress. If it was a bit further along the line, maybe they would have an opportunity to take the take advantage of the fact that Real Madrid and Barcelona aren't really quite there and that they're in a, a bit of a state of flux, that it will be a lower points total to to win this season's a league. I think it's projected to be about 79, 80, something like that, rather than the normal 96, 97. Um, but they're just drawing too many games. I think they've scored, what, something like 16 goals in 14 games so far or something like that. Mm. Um, anyways, very little over a, a goal a game. The mm. burden on Alvaro Morata, especially until Joao Felix comes back from injury and, 15 and, and, and gets 13, his groove it's cool. on 15 and 13. Yeah, they've
4: got the best defence as you'd expect. Yeah. Fewer goals than Levante so far. Yeah. Not ideal.
1: Yeah, mm. and especially after the money they've spent on forward players. It's almost an intolerable burden on Alvaro Morata, yeah. especially until Joao Felix comes back and... You
3: know, people remember Alvaro Morata because he was the man at Chelsea who looked like when he was in London was living under several uh, unbearable burdens, didn't he? I mean, he's he's dealt with it really so well
1: because yeah. you look at a player like him and a player whose mentality in London was totally questioned. Mm. And and he's hit the ground running. Again. Yeah, it was going to yeah. be sink or swim when he arrived and worked under Diego Simeone, it's, and it's been swim But, yeah, but, he, but he's, been, he's
4: been he's been he's spoken quite candidly about this, Morata. He gave a good interview to Lowe I think it was, talking about how and fans don't recognise and appreciate that when a player is going through a bad run it is almost always something in their life outside of football that of course, is part yeah. of the problem and it's something that we're not privy to very often and oh, I something feel- that should be part of the equation more and he, he just didn't like being here
3: I feel very passionate about that I think about the thing we try to do with Ramble meets on, 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 on the on the channel is to try and humanise players as much as we can mm. because people don't think of them as human beings. Alvaro Morato is a player, he's such a shame in Chelsea because he's a player who, who as a forward can be every, almost every type of forward. Yes. He he's can. got everything in his locker. You know, he makes players around him better which is a great sign so it's a shame but but I'm pleased he's doing well but we they have to be sensible about the the pressure that's on him particularly if now um, they're losing a player we talked about diminishing returns, but they are losing a front-line striker, a high-earning striker, a big personality at the club. Yeah, and, and uh, the other thing for we had a long time.
1: The other thing we have to say about Diego Costa when we perhaps say that he's been an unmitigated disaster since he's returned in the first six months. Forget the goals and all that stuff. He made Griezmann flourish, basically beating up the defenders for mm. him, and mm. that allowed Griezmann to come on and you know lead them
3: to that Europa League win. And now he's gone as well.
0: There's never been a faster
3: or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. All right, we're going to cover Jose Mourinho to Spurs in the spiciest meatball of the season so far. Um, <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> Tomorrow on the preview show, of course, but one angle we can explore here under our uh, remit on, on European football is the, is the backroom staff he's hired. Now he's brought in um, João Sacramento and Nuno Santos from Lille and there's talk that he might bring in Luis Campos as well, although that will be our supposed the sporting club. director, Luis Campos. Mm, yeah, the club doing that as a sporting the yeah. sporting director role. Um, what... what how significant is that to to the appointment and what do we expect from those uh, additions i think it is significant
1: because um obviously there's a certainly in a a section of the Spurs community, a a deal of trepidation about the arrival of uh, (laughs) Jose Mourinho.
3: (laughs) It's the only way to put it. Um, Imagine a a vox pop on Sky Sports News. No, I just have an element of trepidation about my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) While stood in front of the stadium. Yeah, Rather than saying, I think he's a fucking wanker. (laughs) But
1: I, I think the fact that there is a different backroom staff is significant and helpful to Mourinho If we because Khoui had enough of his shit and
3: fucked <laughs> off to Saudi Arabia exactly. well,
1: well yeah he's, he's otherwise indisposed and <laughs> yeah. uh, sort of uh, steering his own ship very at, at sweary the today, sorry I'll
3: stop that now so sweary sorry carry on
4: oh, th- I thought that meant we can also be swearing. no he doesn't not which, you which lad. is appropriate when we move into the Mourinho segment I
3: know what the Scandinavians love the when like they the... get swearing <laughs> satan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't know what that means <laughs> carry on. Just say you're offended. I'm offended, Lars. <laughs>
1: I think it, it is interesting. And it's something that's not entirely unexpected as well. Because while he's been out of work over the last 11 months, especially in the back end of that spell, Mourinho spent a lot of time in, in Lille. And not mm. just because he's mates with Luis Campos, but because, and a lot of people have second guessed it as... You know, maybe he's coming into French football. People had linked him with the Paris Saint-Germain job. <clears throat> People had linked him with the Lyon job, even although I think that was beyond their their, their financial means. Um, but because um, he's interested in the way they they do things at, at Lille. Um Now, Luis Campos could end up being very helpful to them. I think he's very Daniel Levy. You look at the the profits he's made from. Buying, developing, and selling players hmm. at Monaco and, and Lille. Give and us an example of some of the players. It's very impressive. Well, I think you can go all the way back um, at Monaco and look at players like uh, Bakayoko, Bernardo Silva, um, Kylian Mbappe. Although, of course, he was he was club produced. And, and then you look at Lille. The, the obvious one is 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 Nicolas Pepe, obviously, um, who they what. I think they got eight times the money they spent for him. Mm. Some, something around that, mm. maybe 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 a little bit less, which is, is is incredibly impressive. And so that will totally appeal to Daniel Levy. But I think the thing about uh Joel Sacramento is is interesting because he's a he's a younger man and he's someone who was uh brought in uh to help out Marcelo Bielsa when he came to Lille. Um now Bielsa, by a few it's accounts, a bit, of a, bit of a hospital
4: pass, isn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, well a <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, Bielsa, um, uh, according to a few accounts, um, thought that um, he overstepped the mark a little bit. I, th- I think there may have been an element if he thought he was too close to to Luis Campos, and um, Bielsa didn't like that. Um, but apparently, he questioned a couple of the things he was doing in training, and so Bielsa. Put him to the side and put him in a less influential. Put him in the VHS, VHS video room.
3: Yeah, pretty so m- staying there for a week. Pretty much. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that sounds like fun to me. Part, sounds pass, like fun to Jonathan Wilson. <laughs> pass some Saturdays. bread and water under the door. Yeah, um, but <laughs> when Bielsa was um, relieved of his duties, Sacramento stood in and did an okay job in what was a chaotic situation. A good enough job, in fact, that Christophe Galtier, when he came in as, as coach, and he's—we've—we've we've said it on here before, but it's really difficult to put into words. And I realise that is our job essentially, mm. to express the 360 difference between <laughs> Bielsa and Christophe Galtier mm. they're from two absolutely different planets. So for Sacramento to help Galtier get to the point where he could turn Bielsa's squad into a squad that actually stayed up mm. was pretty incredible. From there of course they've they've gone on, they've regenerated the team together. Sacramento gets to take a lot of training and do a lot of the tactics with Lille as well. And I don't think there's any doubt from anyone who's watched José Mourinho over the last few years that he could do with a bit of a tactical refresh. So I think that's something that that is going to be very, very helpful to him. Of course, Lil went on and qualified for the Champions League, finished second last season. So I actually think it's it's pretty exciting. And I feel excited that Mourinho is is looking at things a a little bit differently because, you know, we do expect with managers and big name managers that they're going to get the band back together whenever they yeah. go into a new job. So that he's thinking about it slightly differently. Uh, Nuno Santos, by the way, is a um, goalkeeping coach. Right. Um, and he, like Jose Mourinho's dad, is was a goalkeeper at Setúbal. So he's from the same place as Mourinho.
4: Nice. Lars, to add to that?
1: You don't have to. Don't feel well,
4: Spurs fans might feel a bit short-changed that they're getting Mourinho, but they won't have like Rui Faria sort of roving around on the touchline shouting at everyone. It's just not the same. I'm it?
3: sure Sacramento might want really to do a bit of that as well fill in that's probably vital we'll see yeah we will we'll find out he's, he's um, no Phil Thompson <laughs> no, who is <laughs> who is <laughs> alright well all this is happening of course because Mauricio Pochettino has flown the nest has been relieved of his duties in the words of Daniel be, Levy it's not quite um,
4: voluntary fl- flying of the nest no, was it no apparently not more like falling um, out of the nest yeah <laughs> being pushed well which which,
3: <laughs> which top football club cat is going to pick him up into their gaping moor that's my next question you even understand hey, that question?
1: Hey, are you, you the gaping <laughs> more?
3: <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Depends on what, what day of the week you get me. Where is Poch gonna be gonna rock up next? I mean, he's not gonna be short of. I mean, it's a testament to how well he's respected and how good a coach he is that he's not going to be short of offers. There's been talk of buying. It's been a reshuffle there. Yeah. Although you guys have said to me that you think it'll be Hansi Flick at Bayern to the end of the season, then probably Eric Ten Hag. So it, does Poch? Gate crash that party or does he go somewhere else very possibly I mean this is really the dream isn't it
1: for all the clubs out there are interested in him and have been interested in him so Bayern Real Madrid Juventus all of those I mean tell you what uh, I'm Edward Wood this morning I am banging that phone exactly because you you think I'm all over it you think about it like a week ago you're faced with the prospect of Dealing with Daniel Levy, which no one really wants, and now one of one of the the best managers in the world. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is available for free. I mean, that's as good as it gets. And there is a strong sense. I think the comparisons have been made with um, Jurgen Klopp and the end of his spell at Dortmund. Yeah. And I have to say, it went badly for Klopp at Dortmund for a lot longer at the end of his spell than it did for Pochettino. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, you, you you could argue that it was all downhill from the the 2013 Champions League final, and there's a lot bigger gap between that and when Klopp actually leaves than to from you know June in Madrid to to now. For well, Mauricio I think Pochettino, I, I think
3: domestically it's a little bit longer than that,
1: but I do take yeah, the, I do take yeah, the point. Ab- absolutely. I, I think that's fair as well. Um, but I think Pochettino, the longer he leaves it the more power he's got. 100%. You know, that's that's the same for any coach. That's the same. It's, it's been that for Guardiola, Tuchel, and, and he's in that sort of bracket. So he can take his time and get exactly what he wants. He can see what happens to Sarri at Juventus. He can see what happens to Zizan at Real Madrid. But I think we have to say as well that um, the German media very, very excited in the immediate aftermath of his sacking. There's even been suggestion that we will give it a Hansi till the end of the season just so Pochettino can can learn German, although it appears that having a German-speaking head coach is not the red flag it, it, it once was, um, partly due to Uli Hurnes moving on. Although, there's always the possibility of Thomas Tuchel being brought in, because Karl-Heinz Rummenigge wanted him all along. Uli Hernes is no longer president of Bayern Munich, and if Tuchel... Were to come to Bayern, would that leave a poch type hole at Paris Saint Germain, who played for them for two years and already speaks brilliant French, of course.
4: Yeah, it's interesting how the the Harness dynamic, Harness situation, might change the dynamic there because, of course, as you say, there was very much a sense that they didn't want a non uh, a non German speaker, and partially because of and also the other thing they wanted is they didn't want someone to be brought in a big technical staff and, and, mm-hmm. and these are sort of lingering it's so funny how in football new appointments are often a reaction to things that have gone wrong in the past because as much as Guardiola was fantastic for them there was a lot of friction there between, uh, between him and some of the staff at the club already most famously the doctor mm. and um, and moving forward you wonder if it's partially with that in mind that they don't want someone to bring in a whole sort of, uh, of posse of their own guys of course there was the, the ill-fated Ancelotti the, uh, spell afterwards which also emphasised the whole communication issue so you can see that from that point of view Pochettino coming in with his crew because he's very close with his assistants he's one of those coaches who uh, pretty consistently talks about things that we have achieved when mm-hmm. he says and he doesn't necessarily always mean the team he means the whole coaching staff he said, I'd be very very surprised if he didn't bring his 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 guys with him and and that for a long time was very much something that Bayern didn't want but of course with with Hönes moving on it's a little bit harder to say what Bayern wants and what they don't want because it's a completely different situation
1: yeah, it is. Um,
3: What's the most likely outcome, do you think, in this?
1: I think uh, that the leading contenders are Bayern and Juventus. Juventus, huh? Yeah. At, well, the, end the,
3: at the end of the season. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think Pochettino's going anywhere in the next month or two. And so, if, if as you were suggesting, if you're Ed, Ed Woodward and you think, this is the guy for us, I think do it now or someone else there, will there's, there's
3: absolutely no downside to Ed Woodward... And Manchester United getting Pochettino, like I, 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 there's several reasons for it. Hey, <laughs> is,
1: is the is the downside? Um, we haven't pre- downside. we haven't prepared, we haven't prepared up upstairs correctly, and therefore Pochettino will arrive, get frustrated, and be out the door pretty quickly.
3: Sure, but but that would that would be my thinking. F- fine, but that's not. Because that, me, was, that's
1: that's not... that was the, that was half the problem at Tottenham, wasn't sure, it? Sure, but there's we're... no barrier between Levy
3: and. Pochettino, there's no football expertise. But be- well, you say the, I mean, between the two. I mean, you said the barrier. I mean, he was there for five and a half years, and he revolutionised the whole club on his own. So it wasn't. It wasn't like he couldn't do the job.
1: No, I'm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if if you look at where it started to go wrong, certainly in terms of them not getting the right transfers in, which ended up with the situation that, that they're in.
3: Yeah. That's possibly po- fair. Post-Paul Mitchell, which is, what, 18 months? But my, my point really reunited, and we'll hear from the Norwegian embassy in just a minute. <laughs> my, 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 my point reunited is, if you are Ed Woodward, you are a vastly unpopular um, person at yes. one of the largest clubs in the world, right? Go and get Budgetino, who's a better manager than Solskjaer. You then get a lot of brownie points with the fans. Okay, And the, uh, the argument about the, the lack of sport and director, which I understand and accept... They they clearly have a a blind spot or a reason for not getting a sporting director, and if that's the case, and then you accept that as the case, you then just say end up saying, well, in which case, at least go and get the best coach you can. Yeah, at least go and do that because Solskjaer isn't anywhere near even in the top five or ten candidates that United could get. So it's 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 a win, and they can also mass- easily afford him, despite obviously because he's on a free, but they can afford him anyway. I
1: suppose if we flip it back to to Bayern, you could argue that they're in a. They're entering a period of flux upstairs as well, which is very unusual for them. We've got a date for, for Rummenigge going as well. Oliver Kahn's going to come in. So it'll be very interesting to see how, how that rolls out.
4: I mean, the, the counterpoint to the whole United thing is that why would Putsch go there? Like if he can wait, and there's a possibility of a job opening up for him at Bayern, opening up for him as PSG, that's fair. maybe even Real Madrid. That's fair. If he's a guy who's everyone in the in the known universe agree that he's done a good job at Tottenham, but you can you can bring up the trophies arguments against. Them. But if
3: I'm a PR guy, I think I can PR you. Pochettino not being great at United. I can PR that. I think anyone can. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not really what the
1: listeners want to know. What the listeners want to know, Luke, if, is if you're Florentino, do you push Zidane
3: out the nest? Yeah, I think you would. I think I would. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I thought I'd If I was Florentino Perez, I would I would reign in a in a in a in a extended terror 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 way that you would never have seen before. I would take I would take all the dark parts of Florentino Perez, turn them up to eleven. maybe we should keep this with Discord. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And there is a real appeal at the Real Madrid thing as well with Pochettino is that his track record of working with young players must excite them because it's actually Real Madrid are a club that are heading into a generational change now True. and actually they're, they're halfway through one and if you look at some of the younger players in their squad it's really exciting like you've got a lot of young guys who are there. you seeing seeing Fede Veldin now playing a lot and looking brilliant and also the guys. It
1: changes are, the way they play. Also guys cool. are out
4: and down like Martin Hurtigo growing up at uh, Sociedad and the prospect of him actually playing regularly for Madrid not looking mm. silly at all uh, the Hakimi's out of Dortmund who's going to be a fantastic player for them at some point uh, it, there's a lot of interesting young players there and it's very sort of not quite the way Madrid tend to work hmm. but if you're in charge of that club and you look at what do we have that we can build on uh, we, they have a lot of interesting youth and put a guy like uh, Pochettino in charge of them you know, that's a very very exciting thing
1: well, yeah, not, they'll, maybe... they'll give him six months to put some focus on it won't
3: they <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he, he won't be short of offers he will not be short of offers Let's follow up on um, Ronaldo then, because we mentioned him last week on the show and he's since played internationally for Portugal. Um, he's got Schrodinger's knee, as we've already mentioned. Scored some goals against Lithuania. He did, uh, which I think was his, probably his uh, main focus over the last week or so, shall we say. Uh, I think Which it's, is a, weird. I think yeah. it's
1: essentially like the legendary uh, Lisbon restaurant or Painel de Alcantara. Tell us more. That if you've eaten already... And your mate goes, as has happened to me before, after you've worked at Benfica or, or, or Sporting, do you want to come out? We'll go to Pinel? And you're like, oh, I've, I've eaten already. But it's really good. What's I mean, good there? What's is, good there? Is that oh, the steak? Is it? Well, they call them? Prego. Uh, Prego steak. Oh, yeah. You don't, no, that, that's, that's like a, a little steak sandwich. I'm, yeah. ta- I'm talking a proper big right. size of my head, right. seeing purple spots kind of steak. But I, I guess... That's where Ronaldo was before this international break. You know you shouldn't go, but yeah, you know Lithuania are on the menu.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, for me, if I was a mem- if I was the head of physiotherapy at Juventus, I for one would be very, very happy with um, Cristiano Ronaldo going and playing on that pitch uh, <laughs> for, for Portugal. But he made some interesting comments. I think after after was it after the Luxembourg game. Yeah, he did. Um, and he looked quite another emotional. Another
4: really tough encounter that well, uh, quite. Portugal absolutely needed him for.
3: Yeah, yeah. Vital. <laughs> but,
4: vital but, qualifier.
1: But, but, but they, they did. They had to win both of those games or yeah. they, would have, they would have ended up in the playoffs. I think now, they would have ghosted through without Ronaldo against Luxembourg,
3: <laughs> I, a, I, I, And I, I think you I, think the same I thing too. You might think that.
1: I, I'm not sure that
3: he thinks that. If he does, isn't that a <laughs> yeah.
4: significant diss to his teammates? <laughs>
3: Well, that'd be unlike it, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> one, one of you? Oh can, can one of you? Can one of you? Pray see his comments after the Luxembourg game, and then just give us a little bit of a flavour of what the future, the, the immediate future, holds. for Yes, Cristiano.
1: he was as uh, Lars would put it totes emotion in uh, the corridors
3: of um, so emotionally threw a reporter's microphone into a river (laughs) or not (laughs) not quite that level
1: well he could have thrown it into a puddle of mud because there were were plenty hanging about yeah Um, I mean the the pitch was dreadful it uh, was a potato uh, uh, patch let's be fair much worse yeah it was uh, you know it was the sort of pitch that parents listening to this across the UK would think yeah if we turned up and saw that pitch our Saturday morning match would be called off.
3: I mean, that's a, the thing is... Uh, it, like for a, a
1: massive European champion... If I'm Maurizio
3: Sarri and I've worked 40 years of a co- coaching career all culminating up to managing at Juventus and I saw that pitch after Ronaldo had said or it had been commented on that he wasn't fully fit to play because of his knee and I saw him about to play on that pitch, that's a resigning issue for me. Well, well, He's he, making me look like an absolute
1: mug. Well, no, mm. I, don't, I don't think he does because James talked about this last week about how Sarri was in, uh, vindicated by the fact that he'd rep- replaced Ronaldo with Paolo Dybala as substitute. Yeah, but that's against, not a Ronaldo mean like, uh, Wait for it. And then he'd he gone on and, and, and scored. And the, the fact that Ronaldo, uh, we'd said Portugal had said in the lead up to Lithuania and Luxembourg, um, Fernando Santos had said, oh, he's fine. He's fine. He's 100%. Well, this was the payoff, for Juventus and Sadi. Okay, they'll be pissed off about him playing on that pitch. But... The fact is, he has come through unscathed, perhaps started to regenerate himself a little bit. Certainly <laughs> I
3: bet he says he can't play against Atalanta.
1: At the weekend. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. You. You'd be annoyed if he didn't, because it's totally vindicated, Sally because he came out and said afterwards in his comments, Ronaldo, he said, yeah, I've been playing with an injury. I haven't been good enough, and that's why they have brought me off. And they're quite right to take me off. Because yeah. I haven't been good
3: enough. And then and the you... thing is, I Lars, before I bring you in, what we have to understand is that Ronaldo was absolutely wrong, I'm sure we can all agree, for unveiling that flag that said um, Portugal, Instagram, Juventus, in that <laughs> order.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's more pocket square. I mean... <laughs>
4: What do you want from me? Uh, listen, can you explain
3: I, I, the comments he Because No one, people just, might not know what they are. You know what? Well, I,
1: I, I was, I was, I, was like I was, like I was, saying. He said, "I have been injured. Juventus were right. I've been playing through this injury through Juventus and Portugal. Fine. I've, I've been, I've been trying to do my best.
3: Fine. Sorry, love. Yeah.
4: Please come on. And this is in. the thing, right? I wonder. You're saying oh, it'd be very bad for Sari if he got it. You know, I think it might actually be not a bad thing for both sorry, and for Cristiano Ronaldo if he'd twisted an ankle on the pitch and been out for, for a couple of weeks maybe even a month or two because actually maybe he needs a rest like the guy's not young maybe him and he's not and you
1: think he needs to be forced to have a rest
4: yeah because you can't bench him like you can't say to Ronaldo you're not playing for the next five games for your own good like that that that, that would cause a bit of a of a tent fire so to speak so it's not, <laughs> it's, not it's not what you want but he has I mean he's got like one goal from open play in the last seven for Juventus James I mean, says he's not just simply not with Good. No he hasn't and they're paying him, or sorry to bring up money again, but when you're paying a guy that much like like three times as much as the second best I think it's 30 million
3: what. euros a year, yeah
4: you, you you need to get, be getting more than that for that investment. You've set up the whole team around him, and you've actually,
1: got your Arsene Wenger abacus but, out yeah, today, and, haven't you, Lars? Yeah, <laughs> and actually,
4: the fact that you went Juventus have kind of looked a little bit better and a little bit more fluid, fluid, and the situation when he's gone off, maybe actually him being away for a bit so that uh, Sarri can keep working on his team and you know bringing the Sarismo to the fore and all this, and then you have him back uh, for the latter part of the season. Maybe that would actually be the best thing for all people concerned. But of course, that's not what happened. I'm just saying that you know. Maybe that would have been. It
3: sounds to me a lot hinges on what happens against Atalanta, and we'll come on to that a bit, a bit, a bit later on. Last no game aren't... of the week. Spoilers on here. No, sorry. Well, if I remember <laughs> to do games of the fucking week, I keep forgetting to do it. <laughs> uh, swearing. Uh, Lars, you wanted to, when I asked you what you wanted to talk <laughs> about. Devil. When I asked you what you wanted to talk about this week, um, <laughs> stop it! Before you were four minutes late for the record because you l- misplaced your house keys. <laughs> yep. Um, you said you wanted to talk about Latan. now. You said to me mm. that he's been sort of touted around various clubs in Italy, but I read this morning that he's been offered 6 million euros for 18 months at Milan.
4: Yeah, that's, that would seem to have some legs. The link to Milan, they're in a pretty... They're in a quite desperate situation in terms of uh, their hopes of getting a European qualification this season because they've been very
3: bad. When was the last time Italian football saw a player in that slow...
4: Yeah, but this is the thing. So everyone there's been a lot of excitement, you know, Ebra he's going to come back, he's going to come and conquer everyone. Like have any of you guys watched him in MLS while he's been over there? Like he, proper sort of Andy Carroll levels of slow now. And the thing <laughs> the thing about him
3: is how do he manage to get so many goals then?
4: Yeah, this is this is what I'm getting onto. He's still like in terms of strength, he's still a remarkable specimen, and he's still very agile for a man his age. He's pulled off some volleys and some finishes Ooh. and some stuff. That you look at him and you might, you're what? Yeah. Uh, he's, he can still do that, and he's still enormously strong. So in MLS, you just get him in the box and whack the ball towards him, and if he if the ball gets in any sort of where near him, he could probably get it into the goal somehow. I just wonder if if he can make an impact at the level that you'll be asking. And this is the thing. I can completely see him play a sort of Fernando Llorente at Spurs type role where he's like the mighty oak who you put in the box to change up the game a little bit to give you an aerial option. I think he could be super dangerous as that. But you're looking at, can you have Ibra at the club without him playing every single minute he's fit and without him becoming the focal point and everything? I Need a say. strong
3: coach. You think the coach is strong enough?
4: Uh, <laughs> like this, <is> Pioli <laughs> telling Ibra when to play and when not to play. That's that's a lovely image. This is the thing. So, uh, uh, whereas at the age he is, can he play every single minute? Is he is he psychologically and mentally a, a kind of well, this means the same thing? The kind of guy who's happy playing a bit part role. I'm not sure. So it's it's a it's a very odd thing. I suppose the thing
1: I would ask though, Lars, and I don't want to get horribly carried away with it, but I think a level of getting carried away with it is inevitable. You look at what's happened, especially with forwards in Serie A over recent years. You look at Tony, you look at Qualiarella, you look at Di Natale. Is this the latest... Thirty something cap or can you? We would love it. to see. Or, 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 we or, love or, to see or it.
4: almost forty something at the end of that contract.
3: He's being offered. We love to see. It. He's yeah, kept no, himself in good shape. It,
4: it would be very interesting. I've been quite yep. dismissive of it, uh, but I, I, it would be fascinating to see it. I just think it's it's odd for a club of Milan stature to to really hang their hat on that as a plan. But, but I, I would say, what is,
3: what, it, what is their stature? I would say. Well, Andy, is it, too, is it too harsh to say it's a measure of the position they find themselves? No, in. I don't think it is too harsh to say that at all. I mean. I've thought from the days of
1: Inter, really, when of course he was outstanding. The thing with Latan is he does circumvent the need to play good football. Milan don't play good football anyway. So what exactly <laughs> would he be breaking up?
4: And, and what you can say, under, under Elliot's uh, management, uh, Milan have had a very clear sort of, are you ever going to sign young guys with, with prote- big potential upsides and increase the value of the brand and, and this sort of thing? And I guess if you look at this Milan squad right now, maybe what you're short on is uh, proven quality, basically people who have shown they can perform at a very high level and there are benefits to having Zlatan in terms of... In the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Almost literally in the 90s. Yeah. Um, there, are, there, are, there are benefits to having him, though, in the sense that um, I think he, he can help with the sort of training ground atmosphere. He's a guy who demands a lot of himself and a lot of all, all the people around him. Yeah. And uh, you, you won't have people slacking off in training. He'll kick them in the head and all this sort of stuff. So I think I think <laughs> there, there are benefits to having Zlatan at the club. The my the thing I would question is, aside from the mobility issue, the fact of whether he can play every single minute of every single game and whether he as a person, as a personality can be a positive and productive member of a group if he isn't the focal point of it. I'm not sure about that.
3: All right, Games of the Week. Um, I've remembered it this week. Thank you for the reminder, Andy. I had written it down in the the right part of my running order anyway, but I do appreciate you giving me a nudge. You need to uh, tattoo it on your arm like Guy Pierce. I do, in memento, yeah. Um, I'm going to go Atalanta v Juventus to start off, purely because there's so many different... sort of subplots to this game we've got the thing we talked about with Ronaldo and Sarri and how that's going to manifest itself but chiefly I think I don't want to get too kind of high-minded about it chiefly it just looks like a great game it's in Atalanta um, Atalanta are brilliant at home they, they, they're a free scoring team um, but they also concede a fair bit when compared to their fellow top six sides and um, James Horncastle of this parish says that he thinks Atalanta can last the distance in Serie A this season and qualify for the Champions League again they've been for a bit of a wobble themselves they haven't won in four uh, in three I think in three or four Um, so it'll be a big test both of Sarri but of Atalanta's credentials as well that's on Saturday at two o'clock so it kicks off Serie A's uh, round of fixtures
4: yeah just to add some numbers to your very well-reasoned arguments I mean they've scored 30 goals in 12 games so far this season it's so good to watch (laughs) whilst also conceded 18 so far so they conceded as many goals as the spell uh, but I mean they keep banging them in so yeah always watch Atalanta I think is a good it's view. a great great maxim um uh, who have you gone for last it's Real Real it's Madrid taking on Real Sociedad and it's this the Martin Erdogan <laughs> derby as we all uh, know uh, <laughs> Martin Erdogan uh, Martin Erdogan Martin Erdogan gave his, uh, what I believe is his first ra- big Spanish radio interview uh, in in Spanish this week uh, Right. Uh, note to Gareth it, it can be done and uh, and he spoke about uh, that he won't celebrate if he scores out of respect and he wants Madrid to win the league. He was saying all the right things. He's a very clean, very, very clean boy, Martin Al I'd
3: rub it right down this right if I scored
1: against him. <laughs> well, because the thing is, though, it's meant to be a two-year loan deal. Yeah. And there's increasing speculation that they're going to take him back at the end of this season.
3: Yeah. And when, yeah when, so he doesn't want to upset them. Yeah,
4: one asked about... Well, he did say the plan that... Well, he did say, you never know in football, as as, as you yeah. can say about these things. A
3: What experience for the young... What's he going to have on his Norway flag? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The weird experience for the young. Well, presumably, probably, Duplo, um, Paw Patrol. Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> please have me back. He's
4: not that, he's
3: not that young anymore. <laughs> I, know, I know he's not. I know he's not. But, but it's a, it's going to be a weird experience for him because he, he may not be that young anymore, but he is a fairly inexperienced player still. And he's going back to the Bernabeu in, in odd circumstances, in circumstances that not many other players would have experienced. So it'll be a difficult one for him to manage. That's on Saturday night at eight o'clock. So well worth a, a watch. Real Madrid versus Real Sociedad. Andy Brassel, last but not least... Uh, Milan versus Napoli nice you've gone for that in the end you said you weren't going to do that one
1: yeah well I, I had that even before we started getting carried away about Zlatan, 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 Zlatan. do his yeah. Carmelo Anthony thing in uh, San Siro
3: well, next we all know next he's next going year. to Leeds anyway but carry <laughs> yeah, on
1: exactly yeah. <laughs> oh, that I would love to see yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think you've got two coaches here in uh, Stefano Pioli and Carlo Ancelotti who are, uh, have, have got a lot riding on this, actually. Uh, normally, you'd look at Milan-Napoli and you'd think it's an attractive fixture anyway. Um, but both clubs are, are not in a great place. Um, you think that, apart from when they went away at Lecce, Napoli have not won away in Serie A since the opening game of, of, of the season. They've yeah. got all these attacking players that Ancelotti is struggling to get into uh, what's, what's a genuine form. And then you look at the fact that there's still this dispute that's still rumbling on in, in, in the, the, the local media in in Naples between the club and the players. I think Napoli really need to win this. And I think Milan have got an opportunity. Pioli has got an opportunity to take some of the pressure off him because they could do with a the win. They could do with a performance and some points against someone who's not totally rubbish. Um, and they were really good, actually, against Juventus last time out. As James was saying last week, they always play well at Juventus and lose, and they followed that that template. But until Dybala re- replaced Ronaldo, it wasn't happening. They could have easily got something from that. So I'm um, interested to see if Napoli, before they've, they've, they've got a big Champions League game in the, in the coming week, of course, where they'll try and seal uh, qualification, that they really need to... They really need to get some points at San Siro. Well,
3: that's Saturday tea time. So, actually, you can do a one-two-three of all our selections. You can do Atalanta v. Juve. Then you can do Milan against Napoli. And then you can do Real Madrid versus Real Sociedad. Cancel don't? everything that's happening Saturday, yeah. basically. Yeah. And then oh, Sunday, you can, you can get move on with your life. Yeah. Um, great. Cheers, guys. Uh, guys, listeners, listeners, don't forget to check out the preview show tomorrow. That'll be out first thing Friday morning. There's another Greatest Games on Saturday. And do subscribe to Football Round with Dali to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you want to be a real good egg, go to Patreon and support us on there. It's patreon.com forward slash football round or daily for all sorts of extra bits and pieces thank you Lars thank you Andy we out we'll see you soon
1: Right at home.
2: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.